0: It all started in 2010. Our church was in a series where pastor taught a message out of Nehemiah, all about a man who sought to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It was then that the heart for rebuilding our own cities was born. We began to serve the beautiful cities that we live in and take the love of Jesus outside these walls. Eight years ago, it started with three campuses in three cities to love on. And today, as we finish our ninth year of Rock This City across 12 locations in four states, we have served over 17,000 hours in our cities. We unleash the love of Jesus right where we live through serving and giving our time. So in short, Rock This City is simple in doing, yet lasting in impact.
1: All right, so grab your Bibles with me and open them up to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Uh, as you're finding your way to Acts 9, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put the verses up on the screen for you. But let me tell you the title of my message. This message is titled Needlecraft. So if you, uh, if you uh, can say that out loud with me, say Needlecraft.
2: Needlecraft.
1: Needlecraft is the art and the skill of working with needle and thread. It's this, this skill of sewing, and that's really where we're going. In Acts chapter 9, ah. I promise that's the last time. It was unintentional. I didn't even mean that. It just, it just happened. It was like a beautiful accident. <laughs> Acts chapter 9, here's what we read. It says, At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. <laughs> <laughs> this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there at Lydda, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows, Stood by him, weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. (laughs) And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and we had, when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Amen. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed on the Lord. Amen. Jesus, as we celebrate this seven-day period of Rock to City where we've been doing our best to serve and show your love in the city where we live, and as we look forward to a whole another year, of seeing you do even greater things through our efforts to bless people in your name. We pray for a mighty power to fill us, that fire from heaven to fall upon us. And even now in this time of Bible study, we pray that you would speak something loud and powerful to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus never said for the world to come to the church. He said that the, the church was supposed to go to the world. The Great Commission as we read it is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world. Go into all the world. Somehow we got it confused and we think that the world is supposed to come to us. If we just sit here, they're eventually going to come and be reached by us because we got something so good. They're just going to come. But that's, that's never the assignment. The assignment was for us to go into the world. So that they might become a part of this called group that's called the church that we are a part of. Not because we're better than anybody, but because we've received something that we don't deserve. That's called grace. So we're to go into all the world, every part of it. That means we're to to go into the world of fashion, the world of sports. We're we're to go into the world of construction, the world of fabrication. We're we're supposed to go into the world of of avionics. We're supposed to go into the world of of astronomy. I I believe we're supposed to go into every world. I think we just usually think about that in terms of geographically, like, oh, every part, Ecuador. And yeah, that's certainly true. But it's also every subcategory of every industry within this world. We're meant to slip through those cracks and be there representing, as Jesus said, occupying until he comes. We can't reach a world that we're not willing to touch. We got to touch people. And to do that, we have to have access to where they are. And that means we have to skillfully use whatever we have in our hands to be a blessing to them. And Tabitha, also translated Dorcas, that's funny. That's the Greek translation of a Hebrew name. Both of them mean gazelle. And this beautiful gazelle is, is just someone who just so skillfully shows us how to use what's in your hand to unlock what's in God's heart. Wow. Yeah. What was in God's heart? A love for people. What did she have in her hand? Well, she had this doe, a deer, a female deer, she had a needle pulling thread. And we, as we unlock this and unpack this a little bit, I want to I wanna first of all approach this from the perspective of the thread. And let's start with there. As we think about needlecraft, let's talk about the thread for a second. And the thread stands for this. The thread stands for uh, a willingness or being willing. You could jot that down. You have to be willing to pull thread with a needle to to sew. And we have to see that there is a thread that you can follow when you see God working in great ways in people's lives, and it starts with a willingness. To the Corinthians, Paul talked about the Macedonian church, and he said, I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely, say it with me, willing. willing. Why did the Macedonian church, and this was financial offerings, so greatly get to own Paul's ministry? They were willing to. Well, yeah, because they had a lot. No, they gave to the point of what their ability was, and then they even went beyond that. Yeah. They stretched that. They had a wild blue yonder kind of faith. Yeah. They had a blood and thunder kind of belief. Yeah. They had a let's multiply what God's doing yeah. kind of spirit all up inside yeah. of, to their ability and beyond their ability, above and beyond what would be normal giving. Not to, we're not stopping a tithing. We're giving an offering. Yeah. Yeah. They were willing to, and that was their heart. It's the same way uh, later on. He said, "If the, Second Corinthians 8, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And we have to see the thread all throughout Scripture and all throughout uh, all, all throughout history. Who has done the most for, for God in this world? It's those with that willing spirit. So we have to ask ourselves, why, why did uh, Peter get to be there on the day that she was risen from the dead, Dorcas? Because when they came and said, hey, there's a woman who just died, he was willing to come down. There was... Why didn't, it, why didn't Thomas? Why, Peter had that willing spirit. So my question is, are, do you have a willing heart? Yeah. Do you have a heart that, that, that says, here am I, God, yeah. send yeah. me? Because here's, here's something I've discovered. God's not looking for great ability. Yeah. He's looking for great availability. Yeah. And to illustrate this, I want to take you to uh, a story of someone in Oregon, in our church, who has a spirit that's willing. Yeah. Someone who says, I'm willing to be used. And look at how God used them this week.
2: I'm Nina Bird and I'm the Outreach Coordinator for Fresh Life Portland. I think serving through Rock the City is such a wonderful experience and just the entire event itself across all the campuses is infused with so much energy. It's an experience I just wanted to be a part of. Um, Being new to Fresh Life and being new to Portland, I thought it was a perfect way to just plug in and engage with our local neighbors. I think my favorite thing about serving is the fact that it's not about me. Mm -hmm. that for a few moments, whether it's once a week, once a month, that I can just plug into someone else's life and be utilized by the Holy Spirit. Well, I think being here at Meals on Wheels Portland is really impactful to me because I've been serving with them for a long time. And i was so excited to get them plugged into rock the city and for other members of Fresh Life Portland to finally experience what I've been experiencing for the past few months, which is an amazing organization that serves seniors every day delivering meals, right? Like what could be more simple than bringing yeah. food to somebody in need? serving others allows us to understand the bigger picture like what god's doing through Rockless city what he's doing in the community at large is amazing it's so much better than anything we could have ever planned or organized on our own when you step into a life of service it's his plan not yours it just shifts that dynamic and we have to trust him like, Everything I do through service, I could not have done on my own. I would have totally messed it up. Hmm. But the fact that he's arranged all things for his will is Hmm. just amazing because you can just step into something that you know is completely orchestrated by the creator himself. I think it's important because it unclogs our soul. I think if you can just be utilized as a vessel and stop trying so hard and just let God do the work, let him do the heavy lifting, things are not only so much easier, but so much more impactful in life in general. And I think through service, it teaches us just how to be a Christ follower in every other aspect of our life. Of Just trusting and obeying that things will work out for his good, that you don't have to have it all under control
1: because we have a God who has it under control. Come on, that's powerful. That's someone who's a part of this great thread of God working in the world, why? There's a willingness, yeah. willingness to say, God, I want to be used. And we have to have that spirit as well if we're going to be a part of this great divine yeah. needlecraft. Right. All right, the second thing I see in Tabitha, in her heart, in her life, in this story from Acts 9 of how God did something so great on this day was there's a pattern. If you're going to sew, there's always a pattern, I mean, unless you're like super skillful and you're going no pattern. That's like training wheels off, you know. I'm telling you, if I'm gonna do any sewing, there's gonna be a pattern involved. If I'm gonna do any bowling, there's gonna be some bumpers involved, y'all. And you might not know what a pattern is. A pattern is something you buy that will help you make something. I have some patterns here. This is a pattern uh, to turn yourself into, maybe we can get a close up on, on the screen here. Look at that. Okay. That's funny, that's a grown man <laughs> dressed up like a smug lion, I like it. This pattern, oh and a baboon too, will help you pull that off. This pattern here is, is, is the pattern for, this is, I kid you not, for ruffly sleeves. This pattern will help you make all sorts of different roughly. Look at that on the side there. That is amazing. Roughly sleeves galore, guys. Uh, This pattern here, this is the pattern to turn yourself into a jester. And so you'll need this pattern if with sass and panache you will be a jester. But this last pattern is perhaps the more appropriate of the patterns, and it's the pattern for an apron. It's the pattern of a servant. It's the pattern with with the spirit of someone who wants to help. And that is the pattern we need to have. This pattern is the pattern of serving. Serving. We need to follow the pattern if we're going to be a part of God doing the great work he wants to do through us. And what pattern is that? It's the pattern of Jesus. We're told he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And look at this. He went about doing good. He went about doing good. That's the pattern. The pattern is doing good things. The pattern is showing love. The pattern is having that servant's heart within us. Hey, check this out. Willingness is awesome, but it's not enough. Willingness is awesome, but it's not enough. Why? Because Jesus said in Matthew 26, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is rather weak. T.S. Eliot put it this way. Most of the evil in this world is done by people with good intentions. And I think it's easy to have a good intention to serve. Yeah, yeah I'm going to do something good this mm-hmm. year. And later on, my family is, we, we're going to get around to that. We're going we're to do something. We're going we're to serve in a big way. We're going to give in a big way. We're going to really do something. I have every intention of doing that. But listen to me. Every one of us can be at a place where we're willing. I'm willing to do something, God, or I'm willing to do it. But then when the opportunity comes, you have to actually rise up and follow the pattern of doing good. Jesus didn't think about doing good, He went about everywhere He went, actually doing the good. The key is follow through. Your lack of follow through is what will keep God from working through you. That's why I see in Tabitha this powerful story. Look look at verse 36 one more time. It says, There's a certain disciple named Tabitha, translated Dorcas. Both of those mean, of course, gazelle. And this was the needle pulling thread here. This woman, look at it, was full of good works and charitable deeds. Say the next three words with me. Which she did. She didn't plan them. She didn't just think about them. I think a lot of people, because we're all filled uh, with, with everything God packed in us when he made us, have a lot of great intentions and a lot of noble aspirations. Businesses inside of us, dreams inside of us, things we could do to create wealth that could then bless people, inventions we could make. A lot of us are full of charitable deeds. A lot of us are full of good works, but we stop there. She was full of them that God packed inside of her and she did them. problem is, so many Christians is they're just full of it. But they don't ever do nothing about it. Come on, show every neighbor, say don't be full of it <laughs> without doing it. You don't want to be full of it without doing it. It's good to be full of it. God put that in there. I want to do good. I want to do it. I have good intentions. I have, I'm, I have a willing spirit. You got to be full of it, and then you got to act on it. Peter didn't just say, "I." that's great. I, have, I should go down there. He actually went down there. And when he was down there, he took the gutsy step of faith that he learned from Jesus of putting people out of the room yeah. and praying for someone. And then he saw God do a miracle on that day. So the pattern is serving. It's not just having a willing spirit, but it's an actually tracing the pattern of Jesus and cutting things out. Because how these work is you take the little pieces, lay them out on the cloth, and then you cut around them. So we take Jesus's love, Jesus's wow. example, and to an exact situation, we put that piece down and then we cut our life around it. We don't make him accommodate to us. We accommodate yes. to him. That's our spirit. And if you're doubting whether this, this can work or you could do it, just remember Philippians 2.13. God didn't just work in you too to to will, he works in you to do. He works in you to will and to do, both for his good pleasure. So the reason you have that dream, the reason you have that th- call on your life, the reason you have that gift is because he put it in you to will, well, you, you can better believe he'll be just as faithful to give you the strength oh, yes. to do. Yes. Everything he called you to do, he'll give you the strength to do. Yes. And to see this acted out in real life before our eyes, I want to take you to Wyoming where we're going to meet someone who was at the very first Rock to City and has been at every Rock to City over the years we've ever done at Fresh Life But we're also going to meet someone who for them this year is their very first time saying put me in, I'm ready. Check this out.
3: My name is Elizabeth and I'm from the Jackson Hole campus. I first heard about Rock the City uh, at church on the weekend. They were talking about this week-long party in our city where we were just going to go serve our community and I figured let's go. My name's
4: Elena and I serve at the Jackson Hole campus. Um, actually, since the very beginning, so we had just gone through the book of Nehemiah at a series called Rock This City where Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and telling the people to fight for their sons and daughters and homes. And I remember being really inspired to serve my city and I remember being excited to start Rock the City that year.
3: Uh, we made dinner at the mission, the Good Samaritan Mission in Jackson. As a team, we got to do what we picked the meal we were gonna make and then we prepped it and we danced while we did it all. And then we served it to them and cleaned up and it was really a great time. I think it
4: was a trail cleanup. Our guide was showing us different weeds to pull. It was just a cool time of getting to know, like talk to people from church that I had never, I
3: knew but had never really had a chance to talk to before. I think the impact on me was pretty cool. Um, I could have gone home that night after, you know, a long day at work or whatever. I could have gone home and I could have made dinner for myself and done my own dishes and danced in my own kitchen, but I think it was really fun to go with my team and do something that was bigger than me. Um, It was bigger than all of us on the team and it was something that we can all have a fun time remembering, but at the end of it, we also helped make other people's lives better.
4: Um, I just love that our kids are growing up in this environment of where it's normal to get out and serve our community. Um, It's good for me too. It's just good for your heart to serve. I think there's such a joy that comes with that. Just to get out of yourself and your own world and think about other people and serve other people is good for your heart.
3: I think Rock the City needs to keep happening. It needs to keep happening on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, all the time. It can't be something that we just do one time and it stops. It needs to be something that we're always joining up with our community actually being the church here in our communities and in our cities.
4: I would say just do it. Even if you don't feel like it, especially if you don't feel like it, just go, do it. You'll be blessed, your kids will be blessed, generations after you will be blessed, your city will be blessed. Do it.
1: Come on, how good is that? All right, so we've got our pattern and we've got our thread. The third thing, of course, we're going to need is we're going to need some scissors. And these are serious, (laughs) serious scissors. Don't mess with me. These scissors are crazy. Um, But we we need scissors. And and when we think about scissors, what we do is we approach something, and then from it, there's something missing. There's something missing. Once you cut something up, that thing then is missing from, from what you cut it out from. And and so that's what we want to do. Look at this. The second word is missing. What's missing uh, from the story once Tabitha is in heaven? That's the perspective we want to take it from. The thing about this, the moment she's gone, look at this, all the widows stood by weeping, showing tunics and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. They're there crying because she's missing. Once she was cut, from the scene, cut from the story. Once she was no longer uh, here on earth, there was a great void. There was a great loss. And it was noticed specifically from widows who Tabitha, this this beautiful gazelle, had spent her life taking care of. I don't know how it happened. Commentaries I've read said she was obviously a woman of means uh, because she lavishly bestowed upon them, the text calls it, garments and tunics. Garments, and this is verse 39, garments and tunics. One translation calls it cloaks and dresses. That is to say she was b- making beautiful dresses for them, but then cloaks as well. These capes as well. I want a cloak, right? It's like, that's awesome. So, so she was, uh, you obviously can't do that if you don't have it. You have the skill and also have the ability. So she, with her uh, wherewithal that she had within her, she was obviously the head, not the tail. Otherwise she'd be hoping someone would make her a cloak. But to be in a position, by the way, that's why it's such a wonderful thing when you can work hard, be successful, and have something so you can bless people with. The attitude of, oh, it's wrong to be rich. Well, then how could you bless somebody if you don't have something? The wrong is to think it's all for you. So God doesn't just bless us so we can increase our standard of living, but also so we can increase our standard of giving. And every new level of blessing allows there to be more that God can do through you. So that's Dorcas. So she's amazing. So so she dies and the widows weep. My question, who's going to weep when you die? Who in your life is so blessed by you that you're making their life better that they when you die would stand by Look look what they're doing. They're clutching clutching these clothes. Standing around. The Bible says they're in their hands. They're like, Peter, look what she built for us. Look how she took care of us. Look what undefiled religion this woman lived out. She took care of orphans. She took care of widows. She didn't say, that's sad. Someone should take care of those widows. Somebody should sure do something about that. She said, that's for me. That's why God gave me skill with this needle. And I'm going to pull me some thread. I'm going to get out my scissors and get the pattern. I'm gonna build a cloak for a widow. Yeah. And here she is weeping because she was missing. Robert Murray McShane was a Scottish preacher who I love reading his sermons. And one that he, read, he wrote that I read a long time ago and one statement from it that I'll never be able to get out of my memory is this one haunting line. He said this, we should live so as to be missed. Live so as to be missed. Mark Twain had a similar uh, wisdom when he said that we should all live our lives endeavoring to live so that when we come to die, even the undertaker will be sorry. (laughs) The one who's profiting from your death, right? Usually in the business of death, he would be happy to see another customer. But rather that that you would live such a powerful life that the undertaker would be sorry. I'm telling you something. That's the church we're going to be. That's the church that God's called us to be. we should be a church uh, that if Fresh Life closed in any of the cities, that there would be a great sadness on behalf of those who have been fed, who have been blessed, who have been changed, that the ministries, the outreach partners that we're a blessing to would say, that's a great loss for this world because look what Fresh Life has done. That people could even say, I don't even believe like they believe, but we like how they live because what a difference they make in this city. Oh, how they love. That is the the church's legacy, and that is to be our future. A lot of people talk about the bad that's done from the church, and the the church has done bad things, but you know what? I think the first 900 hospitals were started by the church. The first 100 of the first, the first 100 of 110 colleges in this country started by the church. I was reading this commentary on Acts chapter 9, Henry H.A. Ironside, and he said this, We have no record in any history of any hospital for the treatment of the sick being established in the world before Christ came. We have no record of an asylum for the mentally sick people before Jesus came. Before he came, the mentally deficient or insane were driven from their homes, left in tombs or desert places. There was no such thing as an orphanage until Jesus came. The Greeks, Romans, Egyptians, Assyrians, with all their boasted civilization, never thought once of opening an orphanage. Instead, orphaned children, unless adopted by some of their relatives, were exposed to the elements and left to die or sold into slavery. He said, there was no such thing in the world as international relief until Jesus came. The Red Cross would never have come into existence were it not for Jesus. For after all, what is the Red Cross? All these agencies had their birth in the gospel of the grace of God. It's for Jesus' sake that we say, all be willing. It's for Jesus' sake that we serve. And it's for Jesus' sake, it's the grace of God that would cause us to live a life that if we were missing and the day that comes for us to be cut from this story, that, 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 that the world would weep because of how we live. That is the call of God on our lives. And to see this principle lived out, I want to take you to Utah to see a practical impact that we're getting to have in people's lives today.
5: Hi, I'm Shanna Alderton. I'm at Fresh Life Salt Lake City. At Pioneer Park, doing haircuts for the homeless. I was drawn to this event because I've been a a hairstylist for the last 13 years. I felt like I got to um, be a part of people's lives and touch them and help them work through whatever they're going through. It's almost therapeutic. Like they're just trying to get on their feet, you know, find food, water, shelter. They're trying to save up money for their own place. Like haircuts is a novelty, not a necessity. So just cutting someone's hair can make them feel human again and presentable so they can go out into the world and be their best selves. Sam was this really cute girl and her husband that were out there. Um, I kind of went through the line and picked out the girls and I'm like, I'll I'll do you too. So I just did a simple bob on her and she's like, oh my gosh, it looks so amazing. I love it, I'm gonna keep it like this forever. And it's just like she just lit up, you know. I, it was it was really like I felt so blessed to be able to do. It's so simple for me to do a haircut on a couple people, but like it's like what a difference it makes in their life. So for me, um, I've been clean six years. Coming up July 31st, and I tried a few times to get clean, and it's like get a job, go to go to meetings, you know, but it never stuck. Like I I think I was out there looking looking to fill that God-shaped hole in all the wrong places. So when I found God and learned who Jesus was and found that redemption for me, it was it was like 360 life changing. So I think like for people to get out of their mess and really learn like who, who, who Christ is and learn who God says they are can really like be an actual lasting impact.
1: Fantastic, so good. All right, so our final ingredient here as we uh, adopt the art of spiritual needle craft is of course the fabric. We need fabric uh, to do any project uh, with, with sewing and, 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 and threading and all the rest. And this is of course a, a beautiful fabric. Uh, this is velvet, this is looks royalty. Uh, but the fabric in the text to me uh, speaks of something that is lasting. Lasting, that is to say, the miracle on the day that would generate the highest YouTube click would be Dorcas coming back to life. Right. Like, yeah. agreed? Like, yeah. like uh, she's dead. They go get Peter. The widows are weeping, holding their cloaks, and and when Peter comes in, puts everybody out, prays, and it's dramatic. It's 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 actually very funny and ironic because so many jokes start with someone going to the pearly gates because they died, and they're meeting Peter. This woman comes back from the dead to meet Peter. And, uh, and, and, and what a surprise that must have been uh, for her. Because she was just getting her bearings in heaven, you know, she lives this great life, she dies, and she's finally in heaven. It's amazing. And then, you know, just as she's getting settled into her room, uh, it's like I we actually need need you to go back. Peter just prayed for you. Um, and so the text says, when she saw Peter, she sat up. I think she sat up ready to fight. I think, I think when you get to heaven, you will like straight up want to punch someone in the face if they pray for you to be raised from the dead. Like you, you will just be like, don't you. She called him a Dorcas, right? I think, <laughs> that's what I think happened. That's my theory on the matter. Yeah, and you were like, oh my gosh, that'd be so great if... And yeah, that's not the greatest miracle in this story. Yeah. That was just a delaying of the inevitable. Dorcas had to die again, y'all. Yeah. Tabitha is in heaven today. Yeah. So that, that miracle ultimately wasn't the, the main story. The main event is in verse 42, where because of all this happening, look what it says. It became known throughout all Joppa... And many believed on the Lord. And that is the ultimate lasting miracle. Lasting miracle because these people then who came to know Jesus by believing because it's through faith that we trigger God's grace and through God's grace we receive salvation. They were sewn into the fabric of eternity. That's the real miracle this day. That's the real needle craft that day, what God ultimately wanted to do. That you could put it this way. The physical resurrection was only performed so that it might lead to an ultimate eternal resurrection. Yes. So that the many who believed in the Lord would be in heaven forever. Now, now, Now let's look at it another way. That was ultimately what was on God's heart when he saw Tabitha die. So all the sadness and all the grief and all of that was ultimately going to serve the higher purpose of people coming to know faith. And that can give, doesn't that just encourage you to know that even the worst day of your life could be used by God to be the best day of someone's life. And that just helps us to see differently how we look at pain. Our family recently hit the milestone of 2,000 days since our little girl went to be with Jesus in heaven. And we just got to that. It was kind of a a crazy, surreal thing to think we're 2,000 days closer to being with her again and we're moving forward and and all the rest. But as we thought back on all the hardship of what we endured, of our daughter going to heaven, we thought of how many people have come to faith in Christ, how many people have been encouraged, how many people have been blessed. And and I just got invited to go to Dodger Stadium and give a, a message after one of their games and they asked me to speak out of through the eyes of a lion and it's amazing to think about all the opportunities that have come through what was the worst day of our life but the best day of her life and that's our heart in Rock the City we're doing good we're blessing people but we're believing that in the midst of it all there's going to be people coming to know Jesus just like this story of that exact same thing happening. People coming, someone coming to know Jesus Christ. And this happened in Montana.
6: Well, I'm Kina Holland and I'm from the Helena campus. And I'm serving on the guest services team. My nickname is Sunshine. And I just enjoy being one of the first people that everyone is, uh, sees as they come to the door. When I was young, I felt alone. I lived a life feeling abandoned, so I felt alone. So therefore, when I was a teenager, I decided I was going to end my life. And I thought to myself, well, God loves me, so I'll go to heaven. And about the people that did love me, I thought my pain was greater than, than the loss that they would feel. I figured there was something that was wrong because I just didn't feel like I belonged here. God saved my life, because here I am, as you know, so, There was happened to be, just so happened to be a couple firefighters knocking on doors, asking for donations in our neighborhood. They uh, helped bring me back. I committed myself to life after that, that moment on. No matter how hard it was, no matter what happened, I committed myself to life. Well, none of us are perfect and we make mistakes. I made some big mistakes. I got two DUIs in one year. I was really going over the edge then. I gave up. I let go of God's hand. I was in a sober home, and uh, I have a year of sobriety at this point. And uh, I was invited to a fresh life. And, and now I have a family. And now I have people I can trust. Now I don't regret opening my eyes in the morning when I wake up. (laughs) Now I look forward to the day because I asked for God to guide my day. (laughs) And now I want to share the love, I want to share the joy, I want to share my life with others. It's, It's amazing how sometimes it takes falling down to the bottom of a crevasse or going rock bottom before being able to climb back out. And without God, that's impossible. If there's, if there's, if there's anybody that I could read out, reach out to in this entire world to let them know that suicide is not the way out, that's what I would want. That's the message that I would come, want to come across and also about God, that he does exist and he is holding your hand and don't let go.
0: Through all the hours served, cities reached, and Jesus' love unleashed right where we live, remember the one. Remember what just one hour of loving on a child could do. Remember what one hour of building a home for someone could do. Remember what one hour of serving at a food pantry could do. Remember what one hour of building your city could do. That is why we love our cities. That is why we rock this city.
5: Thank you so much for tuning in to this message from Pastor Levi Lesco.
4: And
1: definitely check out our Fresh Life app. There you're going to find more teachings, giving, ways to serve your community, and so much more.